Mailbag preview time here. It's Thursday morning. We've got Mark Roden joining the rest of us this week. The Mark Sheen is away for Hawkesbury, which uh, given it's Hawkesbury, I don't blame him. So it's a pleasure to have welcome Mark Roden to the preview show. Mark, uh, the week itself, what's the what's Hawkesbury looking like from afar? Uh, not bad. I, I've, I've had okay results at this meeting over the years. Everyone hates Hawkesbury. I don't hate it as much as most people, although I haven't done any good the last two meetings there. But quality-wise, it's probably not what it has been in recent years, to be honest. Okay. Well, we'll touch on uh, the Hawkesbury Guineas coming up in a little bit. We're also touching on a bit of Eagle Farm, and we've got to welcome Shane Curlio, who's just dominating pretty much every single race meet you touch at the moment. It's been a good shot, hasn't it? Um I'm trying to curb my enthusiasm, Pistol, because there's some genuine good races this weekend. Like Adelaide's got some good races, some nice horses coming up to Queensland. The races, quality's getting better, but I don't want to get caught up in the romance of the racing. I've got to remember that I'm here to bet. So I've got to keep focusing on wide and filthy rather than, you know, the, the it's main exciting stuff. and fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to Sky really. Keep- one. Sky one, not channel seven. And you add to the and add to that that Melbourne is six and zip and on oh, top of the ladder. Okay. Curbing enthusiasm is pretty difficult for me at the moment. How long did that take? Mark? Yeah. Two, under two minutes. Yeah. Um, who you got this week, Curls? Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> we have North Melbourne at um, Blundstone Arena, I think it's oh, called in This has got stinking upset written all over it. You've just knocked off the Premiers. Yeah. Oh, come and meet the team with a percentage of about 30. Yeah. Get a hurdle. Can ben see Brown's it. back in. It does, it, it does present itself to be one of those games that a traditional Melbourne side get beat. There's no doubt about it. it that said, it would be very, very, very hard to lose to North Melbourne for anyone. They're bad. Anyway. anyway. But you know, you know, like a lot of people, like if if I work for Fox Footy or a radio station or Channel Seven, if I was like the boss, I'd be doing the ratings in the first four minutes of that game because there'd be a lot of people, like like the rest of us, just checking in to see if North Melbourne sort of show up because there could be an upset, and then there'll be a stack of people going, "Nah, they're shit still." <laughs> One of the things about Melbourne being six and zip and being a Melbourne supporter is the um, the 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 displeasure people take from Melbourne supporters enjoying the start of the season. You know, we're all we're just copying it on social media all the time. Put it, you know, keep a lid on it. You're not that good. You're carrying on. You know, book your finals tickets, blah, blah, blah. Like, let us enjoy a little bit of sunshine. No. I think you're one of the most liked fan bases in the comp. Well, it's probably out of pity. <laughs> we yeah, sh- but that's, how, that's, how, that's Australia, isn't it? If yeah, you are yeah. successful, yeah. we fucking hate you. Yes. It's all poppy syndrome was invented in Australia. So people love Melbourne because they've been shit for a very long time. Mm. Richmond were pitied for 35 years. And yeah, and now they're still not the lovable losers. Hello, St Kilda. There you go. <laughs> uh, Dickens, you're not a lovable loser. You're winning. Yeah, we're going good. Very, very good. Uh, young Jackson's been a big sort of... Um, Big addition. Ooh. Big big help just to get every single meeting uh, properly done and worked out perfectly yesterday. It allowed us to sort of identify a really 
clear pattern there at Ballarat and just line up and have one good bet. Mm. And it worked. It doesn't always work, but it did. And um, just very grey, isn't it, at the moment in Victoria with like a lot of these sort of bull-style setups with good horses, one run out from the bull. I just wasn't sure if like horse life, whatever it was called yesterday, was set to win on at Ballarat or aimed at the bull. There's a little bit of that on Saturday, but we're sort of through that now. Corner pocket. Corner pocket, yeah. Speaking of the bull, we are feeding the uh, the young man, Jackson Oldham, to the Wolves by making him go and do the mounting yard mail across the three days. So, Jacko, good luck. I'm sure you'll fare very well. You've got about 20 years on everyone else going, so you should be able to rebound and pick yourself up off the streets and get out there on course pretty pretty easily, I'd say. I might try and sneak down for one one day. Uh, Peter's, we could, probably can't repeat what Peter said, but um, <laughs> pretty bluntly said no. Uh, just a, just depends on when uh, the, our next little little kid de- arrives. Exciting times. Uh, speaking of other exciting uh, excitement in the mailbag, uh, for those who have been with us for a long time, uh, we're currently doing a little bit of VIP offers for for those who are interested in a, a longer term deal. So we're talking three months plus. Uh, if you are interested, get in touch via social media or email sales at themailbag.com.au. We're very official now with our own sales email address. Uh, but a big heartfelt thanks to, to Lawrence Swan, who's been with us for, what, donkeys, basically since even before I was there, which is, that's a long time. Uh, but she's signed up for 12 months and a proper, true mailbagger, Dickens. Very, very grateful for uh, the long-term support from uh, people like El Swan. Um, Pete Turk, the list goes on, but um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's a bit of a pain in the ass. The bit of feedback we've got is it's a bit painful having to re-order and order. So for the people who know what they want and will be around for a while, uh, we've sort of building in a, a a way for you to just sort of set and forget. Yeah, yeah, and obviously save a bit of cash at the same time. Uh, speaking of sales, curls your ten week carnival special still going as well, so. Effectively, you can get 10 weeks of Curly. Averages out to be $20 a week. It's 200 bucks. Uh, if you join now or if you join the next couple of weeks, you'll still get your 10 weeks. But uh, Curls, obviously, you're, you're betting multiple times a week and this is where Brisbane's carnival really starts to heat up. Yep. Um, been seeing them good too on Saturdays. Like a little bit of a... I think yeah, no. I've won the last, the last six Metro meetings on Saturdays have been winning sets. Not only do you get to win, but you get to sometimes get your units back when the trainer takes the wrong horse to the races, like we saw <laughs> yesterday at Toowoomba, where Chris Lee's runner was coming off a, a country championship, provincial championship uh, qualifier runs into a dirty old class three sets weight at Toowoomba. It looked like a complete moral. And they took the wrong horse to the track, so we got our three units back that we launched on it. So. How far have they sent the wrong horse? Um, so Chris Lee's satellite stable is at the Gold Coast, which would be a genuine two-and-a-half-hour float trip, I reckon, <laughs> up the hill. Two hours, two-and-a-half hours, somewhere between there. Don't you, don't you find it fascinating? Like, if we did a poll without people knowing the answer, and you did, what do you think the fine was for sending the wrong horse to a race on which the, the industry wages upon? 500, 5,000, 20,000, 40,000. You wanted to find trainers two grand for being laid into the mounting yard last week. At least. <laughs> anyway, so Chris Lees is foreman from the Gold Coast. Not only he's taken the wrong horse, he's taken a three-year-old gelding up there, and Safano is a six-year-old. 
and um, he's copped a $500 fine. I think if, if PVL, like, switched sides and was, like, the punters, he, he'd just, like, go, nah, like, like Vladimir, like, nah, you can no longer have 20 horses in your stable because you can't get him into the yard on time or you can't get him to the, the track, the right horse. <laughs> 16 horses until you do better. You go six months without incident, you can go back up to 20. Imagine PVL just going, fucking bang. And just to add, like, a little bit of sort of salt, a little bit of salt bay just to, into the wound there, is that the winner and second horse were both like one was like 15s and the second horse was like 60s, <laughs> and I was just thinking Safado would have absolutely murdered them, even though it hasn't won for two years. It would have murdered them. <laughs> anyway, sorry to digress. Uh, all right, uh, let's get started. Uh, we'll talk about sports in a little bit. We must also, I guess, just quickly talk about the the results. Obviously, the boys have. Had a, a little sort of hiccup last weekend. I think it was universal across uh, the sporting landscape, but uh, they've obviously fired back with actually they're pretty up and about the barefoot punter on Tuesday. I must say, recording those boys, geez, they were uh, willing to have a, a decent crack. But also, we've got a bit of golf mail, Dickens. So this is going to be just free across our social platforms. So you don't really have to yeah, worry about signing up for anything. It's very good information um, that the. The sort of team behind it is happy for us to share. Um, they, We've done like a little contra deal with our stuff and their stuff. Um, and instead of putting it via the app, which we did with Bushy, um, for the, in the short term, we're just going to blast it across all our social media so it's not just poisonous ads all the time. Um, there's some good content on there, so they're worth following. So we're on Instagram and on Facebook, and we're pounding it. So get on there and um, get around it. We're on Sungjong Im to win the Velspar. Mate, that's the main bet and a couple of uh, one roughy, and they've got two bets in the uh, Euro tournament. Both kick off today or tonight. Okay. Or tomorrow morning. Something for the insomniacs there. Let's go to the races. Uh... Sorry? Kicks off at 4 a.m. on KO. I've already scheduled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what time Sun Jim's off? Not sure, but I know that I've taken the suggested price and it's already shortened significantly. Has it? On the fair, yeah. Grouse. Um, I think he was $34 when you sent him out when they were sent yesterday. Yeah. I'm the, on. Last tra- the last traded price I saw was $28. Beautiful. I think there's a lot to learn from Sung Jim too for the uh, the part-time average painful golfer like myself. I'm sure there's plenty of you out there. The man has the slowest takeaway in golf. It's it's smart. Just slow it down. Slow it down. Do what Sung Jim would do. Speaking of slowing things down, let's go to Hawkesbury for the Guineas. The Group 3, Mark Roden. Ellsberg is favourite at $2.10. Are we backing or are we laying? It's knife edge. It really is. Oh, look, this is not a great Hawkesbury Guineas. Some nice horses have won it in the past. Dawn Passage won it last year when it was at Rose Hill. Um, the bulk of these horses are just Saturday class, if that. Probably not even Saturday class. And Ellsberg is the one who I assume is off to Queensland after this and genuinely does look to be a group class horse. Um, he dominated in the front first up over 1,400. He stays at 1,400 second up, which I think is fine. Just a question, I suppose, of how easy he gets it with Eliza Beal, maybe Onchow coming up from the midweeks, also another on pacer. But I don't think he absolutely has to lead. You just like him somewhere in the firing line where he can be, have some sort of control over the speed. Um, if he runs up to that first outrun, he's going to be very hard to beat. I've marked him around evens, to be honest, so it's just a sliver of overs at 2.10. But 
but um, certainly wouldn't be in a hurry to bet against him. If he has a flat run second up, um, Rainbow Connection, who chased him um, last time, is the one I would say most likely to bob up. Um, does get a fair way back, which is not ideal, I think, around Hawkesbury, the way it's been playing of late. And the absolute pests, who could just bob up and win, or more than more likely run second last, is AIM, who Curly would have seen come <laughs> cartwheeling down the outside in the three-year-old guineas back in January at the coasts. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of performance would just about win this. Um, but the fact of the matter is about 90% of his form isn't anywhere near as good as that. So um, you're really taking him on trust. I mean, you wouldn't want to lay him at 15 to 1 or something if you're a bookie, but um, it's also a bit hard to back. But, um, yeah, look, if, if you like Ellsberg and you're happy with 210, I'd say get stuck in because if he repeats what he did last time, he'll just about win. One of uh, Rob Scurry's old mates, aim. I think he backed him probably every single start except for that Gold Coast win. Yeah, well, Ellsberg's a new mate of his too, so yeah. I think he's learning Ellsberg's way, to be honest, if he, if he was forced. Not that he's going, which is probably pretty wise itself, but um, yeah, he's, he is an Ellsberg fan. Yep, uh, for I those think... who are buying Rob's stuff or they've already got Rob's stuff or buying a Saturday pack, they'll get uh, your set mark instead yep. of Rob's stuff because he won't be there. Yep. What about what about the ten Eliza Beal? If it's rock rails in run, he's going to be coffin probably, ten bucks. I would be surprised if it was rails in run. I think it could be on pace, but um, yeah. what you often find is they look. It's they very rarely outside fans, don't they? they? They lead and then peel a bit. Yeah. Even the leaders get four or five off. Um, also, she had every chance in the that race last time um, and got run down. You know, I couldn't. So you're doing any better than that. And I think if Ellsberg's on his game, she'd need to improve to, to beat him. But, yeah, look, the run she gets, she's a good place chance, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Lovely job. Where's next, Peter? Uh, Eagle Farm. They've got a few group races starting up there, Curls. And you've got the Victory Stakes over 1,200 being a group two. You've also got the Queensland Guineas. But uh, you want to talk about the Victory Stakes? Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Queensland Guineas. I, I think it's like the way that it's placed within the carnival is horrible and we get what we've got as far as the field's concerned. So I'd rather focus on the on the um, victory stakes. Group 2 great wait for see, us. Great to see Steph Thornton back riding already. Like She just bounced straight off that fall. That's bloody good news for her. Yeah, look, a full precaution was taken. Obviously, when they fall off a horse, it's always good to take precaution. Um, slightly sprained wrist was the um, outcome, I think, according to Pistol from stalking her Instagram. And, um, yeah, she's back riding today, Saturday. She got a couple of rides there for um, for Annabelle Nisham, who's brought a couple up from Sydney, which was, I thought, an interesting booking. Girl power. Um, yeah. Just makes it, just makes it easy for me to make uh, betting, wagering decisions. Um, so race eight's a victory stake. So I want to bring you guys in here because we see trekking. Uh, coming to Queensland, who was here last year and was successful. Um, read and hearing reports that this horse is going to stay on a wait-for-age campaign. Um, I think Yeah, because it'll be out handicaps. The handicap will get to him. Um, this horse is 2.25, and I can genuinely get this horse odds on comfortably. Uh, the only horse that I have a sort of... The only horse that I can see beating him is... Probably for Seeker. Yeah. Match fitness, map. A little bit better map, uh, match fitness. 
So is it some push to Faseca that like I know Hughes up there, but like the gun's gone up, probably to ride this. Yeah, and oh, well, he's he's given Hawkesbury the swerve. I mean, that's 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 high praise. It's uh, mm. well, Pants missing the Hawkesbury standalone like, Saturday. That's incredible, really. Um, yeah, he, I mean, trekking ran fourth in the Everest. I mean, he yeah. admittedly second up, not first up, but um, can see why it's two ten. I, I look, Fasika's come back really well. I, she didn't come up in the spring, um, and she probably had more favours in the run than the second horse the other day. However, she's back to her best, and with that run under her belt, might give trekking a race. Who is getting on a bit now, too. What is he? Yeah, look, I think they're the only two horses. Yeah. Um, as far as the locals are concerned, Vega 1 could be a myth. Um, this was the horse last preparation that was, uh, they got in trouble for apparently, well, allegedly giving it a run first up. And allegedly. Had, well, that was the jock was suspended for it. It's not me saying they gave it a run, it's the stewards. Um, and, you know, it's obviously on a Stradbroke path. Just, like, I, did, I was disappointed with it first up. It's, you know, it's $10. It's one of the leading local hopes at the price. Um, Emerald Kingdom's got sort of Steph Lawton and a lot of speed inside it. And it's $9. And you've got um, Master Jamie, who I thought ran OK first up, but has already got a free ticket into the Stradbroke from winning an earlier qualifying race. So... It's drawn wide as well. I don't see no reason for those horses to gas. And I, I think the best, the other two horses, Trekking and um, Fasica, are just better than them anyway. So, if, you know... What about, if, what about how Fasica's not seeing the track curls? And, you you know, you're big on Eagle Farm horses, Eagle Farm tracks. At least Trekking's got the three starts at the at the track yeah. and won once. So, I had a look at Fasica's form on firmer ground down Sydney, you know, and it had some good figures. Like, had a, a good enough figure on a good track. Um, you know, good three, four sort of track, uh, where, which is what will cop here. Like, it, it'll be still firm. There's no reason to suggest there's any... I can't see any rain or anything, but who knows? But, um, yeah, trekking certainly got that advantage as well. Um, I think a, a lot of the time, though, I, I sort of feel that, like, the, the average horses and mediocre horses are the ones that can use tracks as an excuse where good horses run, run well, just might pull up. A little bit sort of sore a bit um, or something like that like the the issue might be after the race not necessarily in the race and i think the class will carry those two horses a long way i'd be shocked if one of them didn't win i've just got to work out on the day the way the track's playing you know whether the whether brenton uh, on who i you know he's just another jock on a seat up here as far as i'm concerned i'm not giving the horse any tick for brenton um whether he you know, whether the track suits where it's going to be presented with an inside run and he goes up the fence on a fence-off day and trekking with Hughes going down the middle. So that's when I'll make a decision after I see a few races on which way I go. But one of them too. Question, Curls. What do you think of Nick Anova? Ran second in this race last year. Uh, off no prep, off no trial, I should say. Similar setup yeah. here. Back with the original trainer, obviously, based out of Queensland. Does have the a decent enough record at Eagle Farm. It does. Um Thanks for bringing that up because I wasn't going to say that it's the best hope of the locals. <laughs> um, <laughs> it has uh, it has jumped out at Toowoomba in the uh, you know those little jump outs that no one sees, except or for no you. one gets to see, except those of us that know uh, watch. So <laughs> yeah, like it's um, I think he's I think it's the, the best local chance. 
I, I tried to do this last week, tried to keep one to myself in the highway, race one last Saturday, and it settled last and got past one, I think. So, <laughs> it's a waste of time. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, I think that's the race, but like it's, um, you know, it is race eight, so we get plenty of opportunity to have a look how the track is, you know, before we have to pull the trigger. Uh, you think fence off is a chance? Good chance? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. That, that would certainly be pro trekking and anti uh, the seeker. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, should we talk about the races that we're all really excited about? And they're the breeders' races, the ones that are only for mares and fillies. And the ones that are Group 1s in South Australia. <laughs> in fact, this first race used to be known as the Sankster. It's no longer called the Sankster. I was like, what's this classic race? Like, when did that happen? I don't even know. Anyway, I'm calling it the Sankster. Group 1. <laughs> Anyone want to start? Anyone want to have a, a throw at the stumps here? I don't, I don't want to... Um... It's called the Tab Classic on partyform.com.au. Yeah, it used to be the Robert Sankster. It was the Robert Sankster for 30 years. Yeah. Robert's not obviously putting in the cash that the tab are now. Well, that'd be a bit hard, I think. So... <laughs> <laughs> for well, for the, a number of reasons. The yeah. family of, or the family of, yeah. or the estate of. Yeah. Uh, the all-powerful, um, the all-powerful tabs got hold of this one. Mm. It's only a five hundred two thousand dollar race, surely. And it's the, it's not about the money; it's the prestige and the black tie, Peter, as you know. Particularly the black type. <laughs> Got to get that sweet black type. Um, now That's Dickens... why they have Hawkesbury standalone meeting this Saturday for the black type. Yeah, there's a group three yeah. there. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I was going to throw out. I think Crawford's thumb, thumb, with Froggy Newitt on board is. I think it's quite over the odds. It has SP over a few of these last start when it wasn't really suited. It was sort of bolting up towards the end in the worst going getting around $26, $27, and this is a pretty open field. doesn't map horribly either from gate two. can probably put itself midfield. doesn't have to get too far back. There's a lot that are drawn out really wide here. Uh, I'm more than happy to have something on that horse. Instant Celebrity is favourite. I thought it was okay oh. at best. Shall we start there? Yeah, I mean, it's favourite at the moment at $6, but... If it doesn't know. start $10, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I thought it was pretty iffy first up. It, it was it was iffy first half. It did a couple of nice things last preparation. Everything it's ever done that are any good is against Adelaide horses only, just about. This is a proper race, and it's over 1,200 metres, and all her best works are 14 or further. I mean, you can even draw a line to using a punningform.com.au subscription. Last prep, first start ever, 2.8 lengths slow it travelled to the 600. First up, this prep, 2.6 lengths slow, so basically the exact same speed but the difference in the overall figure is 6.1 lengths. So compared with its first start, it's gone 6.1 lengths inferior. That's not really yep. a great platform to be winning a Group 1, even if it is a Phillies and Mares race. I thought, I thought in her favour, is it's a huge jockey switch. It's enormous. And um, the barrier's decent enough for Craig to use. But the horse doesn't have a stack of speed. Yeah. Like If it's last, I wouldn't be shocked. But it could... From that barrier with Craig, all of a sudden be midfield if that's where he wanted to be. But they were the, they were the two positives I found, and then it stopped pretty quickly. This horse knocked off Viduka. That's right, punters, Viduka. And then Personal, knocked over Personal over 400. Personal's running in the Oaks. 
and it won the Oaks, the Victorian Oaks. So it needs another thousand metres. Then it's lost to Odium, who's been okay since. Mark, how strong would Odium's form be in Sydney? It came up there, almost won first up, and then might have won, did it? Or uh, no, he didn't win, but he ran he, very close second to Isotope, who came out and won the. Um, so there's a tick. That's a tick for definitely, the form. Tick, yes. yeah. But so-so first up, you, you sort of thought 1,100 might have been out to 1,300. Or, it just needs 1,400 in my opinion. I think it's a massive, massive gap job lay, win and place. Okay, well, you're pretty effusive with Ruby Saki saying it was back after its first up run. What do you think Ruby Saki in this race? Uh, I wanted to find it. And, you know, two years ago, I wouldn't have ever really looked at this race or just... just backed it off how good it was last start, but it's got the plate smasher on, Billy Egan, from from barrier four, a horse that sort of never settled close to the midfield. We're going to be last defence, and we're going to have to just, like, literally wait till everyone... He's like a hero on, the, on a sinking boat, you know? Everyone's going to get off, then it's going to be his turn, and then he's going to go, and the race is probably over. So yeah. I reckon... Ruby Saki's gonna gonna like just smack the line, like Billy smacks plates, and then we're just gonna say back me next start, and we probably will. Maybe if you if you really want to back it, I'd be much heavier the place, and you can be at the enormous, like, and it is an enormous price. There's a lot of this is a great betting race because of that ridiculous favourite. Um, I want to back Hummer Hummer here, number ten. Carry on. Last two starts have been at the track. They've both been good. Good figures. Jay Mott scares the shit out of me. But I just think from Barrett he can't overthink this. He like, has to show some speed. He's going to blend in. He'll be three wide cover. Uh, he's going to need to be very, very good. But the, there's like Montesira, Bams on fire, a little Contra out near it. We've got some speed, particularly Bams on fire, a little Contra. I think he can get some sort of toe. Um... I just think the horse is flying. I think this is the right sort of race. I think 1,200 metres is right. I think Barrett 10... Like, if Jay Mott was drawn Barrett 4, I'd never even look at the horse because he'll get stuck in traffic like Billy will. But from 10, he should just blend and, and just... He'll be 6 or 7 wide, I think, entering the straight. And if and if something sneaks up the inside, it probably knocks us off a little bit like this happened to me last year in this same race. But um, I thought Hummer Hummer each way was a nice bet here. Someone's going to have to talk me out of like why Mizzy's just like not the best bet in the race. Like, is it because it's? Can I feel this one? Afterthought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, look, the first thing I'd say about Mizzy, I think she probably is the best horse in the race. This trainer jockey combination had a real struggle with winning horse races at all. Mm. Um, I, I, neither of them. And they, they do combine a lot, but either separately or together, neither of them have won a race in New South Wales, Metro Provincial in the last month at all. Um, it's just, I just think you have to penalise heavily. Um, in fact, Bayless has had 118 rides for A Cummings. They're a bit of a team and won eight races in the last 12 months or so. Uh, and you're doing 50% on turnover. So... Uh, but what, what always happens to us is when we sort of line something up like this, you know, it's about to happen. Yeah, they turn the corner. You know, they're like win three straight together. Yeah. Is this the horse to do it? She's good enough. Um, it is an afterthought too, isn't it? They, That's what I'm worried about, isn't it? They had her flying and then she sort of, 
what did they run her in the rider or something and she yeah. came right off now they're trying to freshen her up back to 1200 and go again I mean that's it isn't isn't the 1200 a concern in itself I mean I know it won the what the Scirocco or something beating for Seeker but that was over what that was back in September 2019 like we're talking a long time ago 1200's not exactly in its wheelhouse at the moment no, and what, what she, was she 1,300, 1,500 for a second up this prep? Yeah, uh, went from 1,100 at Caulfield, yeah, then 1,300. Oh, so no, oh, right, yeah, yeah. That, that was her first run in Sydney. She was actually yeah. third, that's right, yeah. yeah so um, she, she hit form at 13 and 1,500. Yeah. Um, yeah, great run behind Savatiano and then another good run with the top weight in the Coolmore, but then came off, and now they have to get it back at 1,200. And, and she's second favourite, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. $7, and that's the problem here is that when you look at the other horses on speed, Sistar, again, probably a small knock when you're talking about 1200 as opposed to, you know, 1000 1100 Um, You know, Pike will probably try the same trick that he did at Caulfield last start and just put the horse outside the leader and hope it's strong enough, which has There's to be There's a huge story here, though. And then There's a huge story. Night Raid's um, trial, I thought, was pretty ordinary, Dickens. I don't know if you've had a watch of it, but... Hard horse to catch though. Yeah, I went yeah, trying I to find it, but I, I didn't. It tried like it. real good last prep, and then went shit house. Yeah. So, like, it might be a positive that it hasn't like been wound up in the trial. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Gray, gray. But I, I do think Mizzy of the first sort of five horses in run here is the most likely winning chance. So, if it's mad on pace, it's another tick for the horse. Yeah. Like, there's no way Pike's going to cross it. I don't think. Mate, would Burren Voster cross it? Probably would. But the biggest shins in racing is not riding for the <laughs> all the good horses for McAvoy. They've uh... she's not. I mean, she's not fab for all of this horse. She's not a you know. Just... <laughs> 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 yeah, I know what you're saying. It's no, it's not, it's not a guaranteed leader here. Yeah. yeah. Well, what is? Well, none of them really. None of them. Is Paul's regret goes forward when the cash comes. Dude, it has to from that gate, surely. Every time. Is Supreme at any chance? No luck at all last time and was good at 1,200 the, the run before that. I, I couldn't get it near the price, but okay. I agree it's a horse with some ability. I thought 1,200 maybe was enough of a reason not to... Oh, it was 1,300 first up. Sorry, yes, it wasn't 1,200. Yeah. Fair enough. But good horse, isn't it? Good horse, isn't it? Uh, big um, Mark Sheens. Big fan. What about um, what about um, speaking of big shins? What about Pretty Brazen with the blinkers on in a race that sort of lacks a bit of speed pushing forward like it did last prep? Well, you'd assume that the biggest shins in racing, Baron Voster, would get the A1 rides at the McAvoy's, considering he like basically he would be keeping the SA stable like going. Came over here to retire on riding their ponies, and uh, it looks like they've gone with the sort of the, the the swell here and put Pike on everything. But maybe maybe the camp believes Pretty Brazen is a big player here, even though the market doesn't. Oh, it does probably, get a, it gets a great map. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, you know. Right, what what's our bets? Go around the the team here, Peter. I'm Prophet's thumb. And if they're making ground out wide, I'm not losing on Liar. Yep. But Profit's Thumb's the main one for me. Mark? Me? Um, don't know. 
Um, what have you come up with? So, I, I thought Zapoon had had a chance with Lane on, but you're right, probably right about 1,200, but um, I'll follow you. Hummer, Shane. Hummer. I'll, I'll back... Um, I'll have something on Mizzy and Pretty Brazen. And I'll back Hammer Hammer. Just just on the just on the snows, but if you if you're sick and you need a bet each way, it's probably a great price to do that. But I think you're stupid. <laughs> no, I don't think you're stupid. I just don't do it. You okay. do you. I'll do me. What's the next race, Peter? Yeah, the other of the breeders races the Group One Australasian Oaks over two thousand meters for the three year old fillies. Wow. This is not a bad race though, is it? Oh, I mean look, delicacy won it. That's about the only time I've ever watched the race, I think. Bullshit. I, I Last could... year, we, we backed fucking Moonlight May for three months. Oh, we did It too. was the worst ride of all fucking time. <laughs> and Toffee Tongue snuck up the inside and got us on the line. It was one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> but Toffee Tongue then came out and almost beat Very Elegant, doing the same thing. So it's a, it was a decent form reference, I thought. I was going to say, I probably blanked that out from my memory. But thanks, Jack. I appreciate that. That's only I think what... it was Zach Spain. It was like at the back, went oh. around him. Little big, big hello to Mitchie Friedman. Um, okay, we've got favourite here. Got Steinem. Steinem at $4.40, just in front of Heller, the Tasmanian at $4.80. Then you're out to personal at eight fifty. Double figures the rest. But there's a couple of flashing lights oh, in, in terms of runs else in the field. So, look, there's probably going to be about 15 different options here, but let's go. Firstly, let's start with Steinem. Barrier one, no speed. Dangerous. You know it's going to get out eventually, and is it going to be good enough? <laughs> you know? I feel like if we're not on it, it probably will be, but geez, it's going to need a lot of luck there from Barrier one. It could also be one of those where they all fan wide on the turn. It just gets that charmed run up the inside. Like, you, how often do you see that? Stain races. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what... Does anyone want to be with Stainham at that price? No. I don't. I think it's too tricky. We've got a couple of Kiwis in this field as well. What do you do with American Angel? It was absolutely hemorrhaged last week to knock off Brooks Spire. So off the SP profile and like the, that that way of like reviewing and previewing races, it will beat Brooks Spire here. And it probably should have beaten it on Saturday just gone anyway. They both back up. Um, there was so much cash for this American Angel, and it was bolting. Um, just missed, a, missed its turn to get out and get going. Yeah, I'm with it. Full stop. At that price, you have to be. Like, if you backed it, if you had any cash on it last start, you have to follow it up. I don't know how um, it's not the same or shorter than Brooks Spire here. Yeah. Oh, They're drawn agree. right next to each other. Yeah, and it gets D-Lane. It's guaranteed to start with Mozzie Monster coming out. It's just, yeah. Obviously, oh, Ollie's, Ollie's obviously riding personal, but he's had that, no pun intended, he's had that personal engagement with that horse previously. So you can understand he's probably already committed to that. So I'm not surprised to see him jump off uh, a couple of these runners. I think he was also on, was it Media Award last start? So, yeah, no surprise to see a jockey change there. Yeah. Girls, any opinions? Yeah, a couple. Um, a couple of uh, opinions. I don't know whether I'm giving the trainer a little bit too much credit here, but um, 
a horse like probably Tyke Goddess, um, like should run a peak figure here. Um, obviously, been to the Oaks and the Wakeful last preparation. Um, wasn't a bad effort in the Wakeful, and then strange tactics in the Oaks, you could say. Um, like being polite. Um, yeah, so it's the sort of horse that you could easily put away at the end of that preparation in the spring and say that we can target Adelaide and we can peak in a race like the Australasian Oaks. Um, definitely. Uh, and then you've got, um, you know, the, t- the horse that you've mentioned there in the two horses that you mentioned there in Brooks Spire and American Angel, who, again, both right trainers, both look like they'll run a, you know, a, a, a good figure again. So... They're the sort of three horses that I thought don't know how don't know what to do with a Tassie horse. Oh, oh, just just hope there's no money for it and then ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's easy, isn't it? How good's punting? Uh, Mark, the horse <laughs> I wanted to ask you about was Flexible from Gate Four. Yeah. William Pike on board. That the last couple of starts, the figure's probably good enough to win here over two thousand. Obviously, had the start over two thousand at Randwick in the Adrian Knox. Um, Form's been pretty solid as well out of both that race and the race prior. The Kensington race behind, was it Johnny? or Johnny, yes, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, and Rachel completely missed the boat that day on the Kenzo. Should have won by two lengths. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they've been pretty smart with this filly. Um, she was going to be a Sydney Oaks contender for them, and then they... Their run wasn't bad behind Duace last time, but they realised, well, hang on, she probably lacks the quality uh, yep. for Sydney. So let's just change tack here. Come down for this race, staying at 2,000, uh, which I think is probably uh, the right move. And the blinkers on and W Pike and double figure odds. And last start, SF. Yep. And How that, bar- that bargain ran second or third or something well, didn't it? Didn't it, didn't it perform pretty well out of that race? Uh, Duace and Bargain ran second and third to Hungry Heart, who's probably the best three-old filly in Australia in the Sydney Oaks. Yeah, and Far was in the race as well, so it was Samiku. They both came out and won. A few others yeah. ran second, including Salto Angel. Like, yeah. yeah. I think we're all pretty horned up for the same horses here. Yeah, I, look, I, I had a look at this race and I was glazed, glazed over. I'm not going to be watching tapes of Adelaide races, yeah. um, uh, I'm afraid. But um, just... On paper, flexible. I mean, she's the one I know, so I'm biased in that regard. But uh, it just looks looks strong enough to me. And at the price she is, blinkers, all that looks a bet to me. And you just know how Pike's going to ride her as well. Inside draw, we'll put her straight on the fence. You'll be saving that ground, probably forward of midfield. Oh, it just, yeah, yeah. unless it's the rail's completely gone. It's going to get a great run. And yeah. he's yeah. got blinkers on, so it should ping a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a double figure on she. Just a, oh, just oh, I'm happy to like stake this race on the show now because we don't sell anything there. I want to have half a unit on flexible for everything Mark just said. The horse looks fucking primed, and the one that's still really on the up and in a great camp, um, and the perfect ride for Pike. Like he has yeah. to be in the in the ruck, and he always gets him going. Uh, I want to have half a unit on the 17 American Angel, who I think is just going to get a great run. A couple who's not the same price or shorter than Brooks Boyer. And then I want to have like 0.2 at the $21 available. Probably get bigger come jump on Tyshi Goddess, which Curls mentioned, who I also think is going to get a fucking A1 run 
and he's a pretty tough horse because for it to still want to try in races after what Kerry McAvoy did to it in the uh, VRC Oaks, like horses don't go that fast. It's like he didn't die. And for it to still like, want to run races and chase lines, well, it's a probably pretty good horse. So they're the three I want to be with at big prices and just um, kick back and enjoy the race and hope that Steinem just gets held up and held up and held up and then flashes late but misses and runs fourth to us. Oh, well, that was easy. Famous. We'll talk about it on Simple. Monday. Yeah. Congratulations, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> How are you spending your money? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, looking into the crystal ball, uh, we're going to start a little, just for our own. It's been done before, but we feel like we'll do it better. Uh, predicting Sunday's headline that we want to see in our state or respective states. Now, I'll start because news during the week, Betfair is now offering a little bit uh, less commission on WA Racing, which is outstanding, except for the fact that we still don't have minimum bet laws, so it's kind of pointless. So I'd love to see on Sunday, Rawa introduces minimum bet laws into WA Racing. It's never going to happen. I'm probably going to be banging on about it by the time I'm 40. Like, I'll still have the long hair. It'll still be even more grey. Dickens and I will still be yelling at each other across a fucking Zoom conference half the week, and it's there still won't be minimum bet laws. You're yeah. 40 old, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's... All right, here's my headline. <laughs> under, you know, like it was this monolithic, monumental number of old age, 40. Yeah. I can't say <laughs> too much about that. I'll get in trouble. Um... Whack. We should have a Twitter poll for everyone watching right now. Who's older, Curly or Roden? <laughs> Peter and I still don't know. I'm the youngest, then Peter, then we're wondering who's next. You're not the youngest. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, God. All right, uh, Curls, what are, you, what are you predicting Sunday? Um, I'm predicting we won't read. Trainers silent on Eagle Farm track because so much prize money on offer. <laughs> we've had um, we've had David Van Dyke come out in the press about six weeks ago and say how the Eagle Farm track's way too hard and there's no way I'm running my horses there. Only for a ten days out before the Winter Carnival, supposedly saying that the track has definitely improved and he'll start racing horses there again. <laughs> Nothing to do with the prize money on offer over the Winter Carnival. Nothing to see here, Mark Roden. Um, 2022 Hawkesbury standalone Saturday already cancelled due to lack of interest. Um, <laughs> that's pretty unlikely. That's that's half. Look, as I said, I don't hate Hawkesbury as much as like every single person on Twitter. Um, and I think the thing I don't like about it isn't the the track; it's the camera angle, but that sort of straight on camera angle, which makes it very hard to tell who's going better. Yeah, and also to be fair to like. To judge anything like if you're going off Twitter, that's the only no. thing it's got a lot of is hate. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's, not, it's not where you go for positivity. But on the <laughs> hey, I want to feel good about myself, I'm just going to go on Twitter. Go on Twitter for <laughs> two hours, make <laughs> the sharp object away. Yeah, oh. um, the half the tiny kernel of seriousness in that uh, facetious headline is that I reckon. While the, like we've got Hawkesbury this week, Gosford next Saturday, these standalones are, are great in that they give the two main tracks a chance to recuperate after the carnivals. That is a plus. I reckon the tab... If the tab had 
100% control of racing in New South Wales instead of 99.9, um, they wouldn't have these meetings because, and I think it's the same in Victoria with Ballarat and Pakenham, even you could put the Cox Plate on it at Ballarat and turnover's still going to be down. Yeah. yeah. The actual yeah. quality of the card doesn't matter. That's just the name recognition of Rose Hill and Randwick in Sydney. Um, Hawkesbury and Gosford don't cut it and regardless, turnover's down. So if it's happened, they get rid of it. How blessed was Rose Victoria to have one of their shitty meetings at Mornington and then for all of a sudden day one or whatever it was of the chance oh, or Golden Slipper Day cancelled and then turnover through the roof just because yeah. people are sick. But um Yeah. Fascinating yeah. that they decided to throw out that the Melbourne Cup news just on the real quiet week just to <laughs> any news is good news. Amazing behaviour. It's all about engagement. Mentioned that earlier, you know, before we started recording. It's just like this this news cycle that has to be continually fed by these sports, you know, NRL talking about a conference, two conferences. I think one's for the people that don't care about head knocks and concussion rules. And the other conference is for the ones that want to play a game without getting their head bashed in and shoulder charged and knocked out. It's fucking, it's insane. It's just like clickbait articles just driven by their own, like internally to make sure they stay in the news. The VRC ones, like who gives a shit? I guarantee you the punters that bet on the Melbourne Cup don't know the the qualifying conditions now and they won't know what the qualifying conditions are come November but will still roll up to Cup Week and enjoy themselves and have their annual flutter and move on. Couldn't care less, could they? Nope. If Just... anything, it might make the race a bit easier for us to find the winner of. Hmm. But I don't know why you didn't go with this headline. I'm not going to take credit for it, but I'm going to say it because it was so good. This is curls, as you'd expect, that on Sunday or Monday... PVL announces Sydney Cup move to first Tuesday, November. Internationals, welcome. <laughs> Absolutely free horse, for all. Any horse that failed the HIT in Victoria <laughs> automatic qualifiers for the Sydney Cup. Yeah, well, straight in. You know straight it'll be in. wet. Like, it's not going to be a good three. just out of the track for you. There's going to be just a fucking sprinkler on all night. <laughs> yeah. How good. They can call it the swamp. Well, that's standard anyway up there. But, um... Yeah, exciting times for New South Wales. The doors opened. Okay, very good. Um, I think that's probably about it. Some good stuff there. Couple of previews. If you're signing up for anything this weekend, you know, join the fun. There's Ascot as well, which we haven't talked about, but I'd rather not. After watching two jockeys incapable of leading yesterday, I'd rather not. So, uh, anyone else got anything to say before we say goodbye? Well, we need one, one best from everyone around the oh. country, like in your, probably in your own area. Oh. Do I have to? Yeah. Yeah, you do. I'll start. We'll go Sandown, race nine, number eight, Vow Master, $4.60 across all the plastics. It'll either win this or well, what's happened to it. It was very, very good last start. Sandown, race nine, number eight. Okay. Wow, master. There's no prices up at Ascot anywhere. So I'll stick with Acromantula in race one, but I've got no idea what price it's going up. Full stop. <laughs> Ellsberg for you, Mark? Just say Ellsberg for now. If, look, if it, if it gets 220 plus... Uh, I'll be very excited and betting. Two, 210's knife edge, as I said before, but 220, 225-ish, I think that's bet for sure. 
Kelly. Um, we're going to stick to what works at Eagle Farm, although I am genuinely excited about the Bow Desert meeting on Saturday. Um, I'm going to stick to what works, and it worked for us last fortnight that we're at Eagle Farm, and it's going to work for us again Saturday. Race two, number four, Traduce. Ooh. Uh, murdered them when we were on at the $7.50. We are on at 10s, weren't we? Seven fifty. Doesn't go like up 10. enough. Doesn't go up enough in weight, comparably and or class to make it not a bet. And we're still copying three twenty. Beautiful.